In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. I'm your host, Nicole Bigley, and you are listening to a listener series on A Psychic Story. everyone. If this is your first episode of A Psychic Story, welcome. If you have been here before, welcome back. This is the 12th listener episode of the podcast where we share the stories you submitted. If you're enjoying the monthly listener episodes and you want more, this is a friendly reminder that the more listener stories that are submitted, then the more often we can do these. Ideally, I would love to have them weekly. So be sure, please, to get yours in or even prompt your friends or family and other members to send in theirs. But first, I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out and warm welcomes to new patrons on Patreon. Thank you to the following people who subscribed to A Psychic Story Psychic Club. Those are Wandering Yogi, Janet Rojo, Dave Northover, Brenda Davis, Dakota Hammer, Marina Sinyard. Memberships start as low as $5 a month and you get early access to ad-free episodes and bonus content. And I have a Psychic Club episode idea that I'm going to bounce off of Scott a little bit later here in a bit. But also I wanted to say congratulations to the following people who entered podcast reviews and emailed contact at a psychicstory.com. Those winners are Josie Hall, Wayne Partington, and Alexis O'Brien. So congratulations. And by the time you hear this episode, you will also have an email where we can schedule our time together. And before we dive into that or the listener stories, Scott, how are you? What's going on? What's new? Hi, Nicole. I'm doing well. This year is taking off like a rocket. Uh, just one week after the others just uh, flying by. And I, I had a, a very unusual, I call it spiritual boot camp experience. And I'll share that in a, in a little bit. But first, you mentioned the Psychic Club episode. And again, a famous curveball. I haven't heard about this. So what are you thinking about? Yeah, so I wanted to kind of bounce this idea off of you, but also the listeners. And I have been thinking for a while now to do sort of a regular roundup of spiritual or supernatural stories in the news. There's been a ton obviously going on in the last several months, all kinds of news, but specifically certain ones stood out to me. So for example, this past spring or summer, I'm sure everyone's heard by now that the whistleblower David Grush, um, who reported to Congress that the U.S. government is concealing a multi-decade spiritual UFO program and that Congress is currently in the process of investigating this. And I say spiritual UFO program because 
I think that might be a misstep, but it was basically about beans and extraterrestrial beans and everything. And so that was a lot in the news, but then it was kind of just underskirted. So that's one thing. But again, Congress is in the process of investigating this. And there's a lot of, like if you follow on social media, people are posting content and sharing what they're, what's coming out of it, but you don't see that in the news, number one. But then quickly following that this past spring and summer, there was this video that went viral of a woman, her name is Tiffany Gomez, who refused to stay on a plane before it took off. And she claimed that the person sitting next to her was quote unquote, not real. So there's that. And some people were speculating, did she lose her mind? Did she have a nervous breakdown? Was it an alien or an extraterrestrial? What was going on? Was there like a glitch glitch in the matrix or anything like that? And then just a few weeks ago, all over the news, there were stories about aliens at the Miami Mall. Did you hear about this, Scott? Yes, I did. Yeah. You know, again, (laughs) like briefly, you know, you hear about it, you try and look it up later and you can't find it. Yeah, yeah. And police were very quick to refute. And actually, I have to kind of give, you know, hand it to them, but also laugh at that, that they were saying instead it was teenagers that were setting off firecrackers. But the thing that's odd is that, you know, they closed down the airspace. There was no video footage or body cams. They were confiscating people's phones after the fact. And a lot of other type of content that's just not out there when you look at overall the amount of force that was there. And also a bunch of people on social media shared their photos and videos, and those all seem to have mysteriously been deleted. In fact, some people said, hey, I had this content, it was deleted, I'm reposting again. So that's something that I was like, you know, just intuitively kind of checking in, what's going on? What am I picking up? But also... Four days ago, so as of this recording, which is January 21st, two Republican congressmen claim that UFOs could be quote-unquote angels sent by God, and they say this is because sightings are consistent with scriptures from the Bible. And then literally yesterday, the Pentagon responds to reports that of a jellyfish-looking UFO or UAP, and a UAP is an unidentified aerial phenomenon. Um, so instead of you, you know, identified flying objects, they're using that term now. But anyway, there was a report that over a U.S. Air Force base in Iraq that there was this jellyfish type of thing. And yesterday, the Pentagon replies with no comment. Now, in the PR world, we never recommend that someone or a company responds with no comment because that's basically saying, I can't confirm or deny. If you can deny it or say no, you just come out and say that or not going to talk about it this time, no details further to share, that sort of thing. So that was a little weird. And then supposedly this jellyfish looking UAP, they are being reported in different places around the world, including from pilots and even a a certain, or a captain rather, sorry, a captain of a popular cruise line. So I'm not intending this to be a weekly episode as much as maybe it's a recap of various headlines, again, spiritual or supernatural from around the world. And I was thinking maybe of having that be additional content on Patreon on Patreon for patrons. But I don't know what you think. Do you think that that would be something that you or the listeners would be interested in? Well, I'm sure interested in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's just fascinating how they come and go and they leave things like that one uh, report that said, uh, I think uh, um, NASA put out a po- report out of 800, you know, 800 cases were reviewed and most of them were deemed, uh, you know, natural phenomena or something like that. But there was 40 cases that, you know, they could not explain what they were. 
And the, but they just brush it off like, oh, well, most of these are just natural or whatever. Um, but I'm, I zero in on the 40. Like, well, I want to know about the 40 cases that you couldn't explain. What about them? But certainly things like this happen in the news. And like I said a minute ago, you look to find it later and it's not there. Um, so I think a forum like this or an episode like this would be good to memorialize it anyway, at least have it in one place for a moment that we could refer to. Um, and then also I was thinking just like the listener episodes, people could comment on it and send in uh, stories that they may have seen in their local papers of this, you know, or, or whatever uh, to, um, you know, kind of add to the, um, uh, you know, the content pool. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, obviously, I feel like in the news lately, it's been a lot about the UFOs or UAPs and it could be planted information too to just distract us from other news. I'm not trying to get into conspiracy theories, theories or what have you, but also I just am interested in more of what's happening spiritually and in the spiritual community. So maybe it's not mainstream media, but to your point, it's local or it could even be just things in general. And my goal would be if everybody likes the idea to maybe drop that episode first with a recap and, and more details, obviously, of some of the stories I just shared. But then again, moving forward, once there's a few at least that we have that's been in the news reporting out and kind of sharing that. I want to be a reporter necessarily, but I do feel like there's something that, as you mentioned, there's a way to that we can have a discussion with the community. So that's my idea. Just trying to think of new content, different types of episodes, and it ties really closely to Supernatural Matters, I feel like, which is that, you know, other podcast that I have and where I tell overall stories and you have to decide. So Anyway, that is what I'm thinking, but I'm going to hand it back over to you because I know you had some other things and, and not just your personal experience, but we had a, a Looking for Angels live online event experience a couple weeks ago. So I don't know if you want to share with listeners what what happened then. Sure. Yeah. I was blown away by the whole thing. You know, we were talking about it for a few months, like, yeah, it'd be nice. And, you know, I wonder who would, you know, want to sign up and provide a proof of purchase of the book. And um, we had hundreds of people who registered. And and then the other thing was, you know, how many people are going to, you know, join that day. And so you had to expand your Zoom account to accommodate several hundred people. And um, we had to figure out how to be uh, interactive and how it was all going to work. And um, I, my good friend, uh, Eric Wenzel, uh, helped in uh, producing the event uh, and keeping track of the chats and um, when to mute and unmute and all that. So it turned out to be certainly far more interactive than I thought. And uh, certainly the comments in the chats and then the emails after uh, were just so encouraging uh, for people to just say, hey, this is what touched me, you know, and, and this is how it affected me. Or, you know, I know someone who I've known several people, their lives have been significantly changed. And, you know, it's not because of us, but it's because of the information and the connections we we make, help them make for themselves uh, to take their lives in a new direction. So uh, that was really fun uh, to see. And then also um, during that event, we announced that there, we are putting together and looking for Angels Book Club. And uh, again, we're trying to figure out the best way to do it, uh, to make it a interactive and personal event, but also reach uh, a bunch of people. <laughs> so um, right now we're kind of thinking of 
having two groups um, for like five months. And then each month we'd take a a different section of the book and uh, each group would be maybe 15 or so people. And then they would go through the five month track Uh, again, you know, same thing, uh, the group two and then redo it you know, on month six to do another group, if if that many people are interested in signing up. Um, the way we're going to do that is uh, to be determined. There's lots of ways. Uh, there's apps, there's uh, community uh, apps, there's book club apps that we can uh, kind of bring people together in a way that uh, they can share their thoughts and ideas and um, and talk and interact. So to that extent, that's where that's where we are. We're thinking of March to be the kickoff for the first month uh, of two groups. And um, and otherwise, um, on the technical end, you had some ideas as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you said it. I mean, we don't know exactly, but there's different forums or platforms. Like mm-hmm. I already am on Patreon. And again, I mentioned at the top half of this episode that if you wanted to join, we offer additional content. So maybe we just do it on Patreon where we offer it as free and then people join the book club that way. Um, so you can like sign up, but you don't have to pay to be a part of it. Patreon doesn't have a limit to how many people can be on it, but that, uh, and you can go live on there as well. A lot of other podcasters that I know are part of Substack. I'm not super familiar with it, but it's essentially blogs and articles and other things. And so there's that, like you mentioned, there's book club apps. I just want to keep it simple. (laughs) You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not looking to build out something too much at this time. So it also could just be on Zoom. Um, I also think it depends on how many people sign up. I know some people might be interested, but yet they may not be available, which is why we were thinking about different dates to offer people depending on where they are in the world or what's going on. So, But you and I are both also busy. So it's about making sure that we are creating it and whomever comes to it, we're giving at least some interaction. So it's not just, hey, read this book, but how do we connect the community? So if anyone out there has thoughts. By the time this episode airs, it's going to be February 1st. So that's when this is going out. So if you're like, hey, I am part of a virtual book club and we either use this platform or this looks really, you know, this is really amazing. You may want to look into this or this is how it's kind of set up. Let us know. Or if you are just like a fanatic book club organizer and you've done them virtually want to help us, uh, please reach out. But our email for the book address is lookingforangelsbook at gmail.com and Scott pretty much manages that but you can reach out to us that way but I think that the reason why we're really ultimately doing this is because the online event was so magical and just amazing to be able people still had so many questions and we were were not able to get to everything by any means so this is going to give people the chance to answer their questions based on their experiences and how they're kind of going through things spiritually and uh, taking kind of the exercises and particular and putting them into practice. Yeah. So those of you who are on the event or at the VIP event, um, you'll receive an email once we get, uh, you know, details uh, settled. And uh, like, as Nicole mentioned, uh, those of you who uh, are interested in either attending or have some other ideas on how to uh, administer it, please send send us a note at lookingforangelsbook at gmail.com. But getting back to the event itself, Nicole, I mean, what uh, what thoughts or what experiences did you have? Um, you mentioned that the other day. Well, I didn't really mention anything the other day. It was kind of a blur, to be honest. 
<laughs> to be honest, like we did the <laughs> event. There was a lot of work on my part as far as getting the emails and getting everything situated. And we don't have a team. It's basically myself and it's Scott. And his, as he mentioned, his friend Eric helped us with this event, which I'm super grateful for. But it was a lot of work for this one-time event. But we felt very led to put it together to make sure that, again, we're creating that community and offering an opportunity for people to chat and just really answer any questions, not even just book-related. So that was just fun and a blur to get through it. But then the next day, I was kind of just in reset recharge mode. I felt like a cocoon that I needed to kind of wrap myself in. Just take while I was still doing other things, just really take a spiritual kind of detox and step back. And that's what I was doing. But it really just highlighted to me more than anything, the importance of creating this sense of community. And I think that the part you're alluding to is on social media. I had posted that after that event, it was really important to Scott and and myself to make sure that we weren't really selling anything during this online event. Mm, I'm not knocking practitioners that do it. That's obviously their livelihood and and what it is and how they need to, you know, live in this world. But I just want to make sure that the pressure was off, that it was just really about us being together and being present in the moment and not having to worry about the next thing. And that really created, in my opinion, this very sacred space. And just, I felt the energy and the shifts that were happening during that online event. And I got many, many emails and messages afterwards from people, I'm sure you probably did too, that did participate and said, thank you for that. Unfortunately, we're not offering a replay. I say unfortunately, just because I felt like we didn't want people to not show up because it was being recorded or not feel like they could share because it was being recorded. So we just did it kind of as a one-time thank you, thank you for getting the book and supporting us. And this is kind of your extra, you know, love being sent from us to you for that. But that's what I would say. And then it was really weird to me towards like the middle of, not weird, I should say rather, but I was sensing just the buildup of the energy from the middle of the event all the way towards the end. And by the end, it was almost like I was just on this high. And that happens sometimes, even though we are, or I particularly try and ground myself and center myself, I could just feel with all the hundreds of people that were on and the conversation and the energy and information that was coming through, not just from myself, but from other people, it was just kind of this bubble. And then once it was done, it burst. And I was like, I'm back in my body. I'm back and I'm centered. And that's the part of when I say that reset that was happening for me. But I don't know, did you feel like you had to recover afterwards or were you like on cloud nine after? Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of decompressing, but, uh, you know, appreciative and just blown away, you know? So yeah, I had to kind of take a step away from everything for a while, just and and just telling my friends about what happened and how it was. And some of my friends and, you know, contacts were on it and saying, you know, you guys did great, you know, went well. I'm like, well, that's good <laughs> because I'm usually, <laughs> I'm usually my worst critic. <laughs> so I'm like, well, could have said this, could have said that. But um, a lot of people just said it was great. And i um, so happy to have uh, so many people interested in the topic, interested in following us and, and just sharing their growth, you know? Yes. Well, and I don't know if you want to share this now or later, but obviously we would love any reviews you have of the book. <laughs> Good, bad, indifferent, constructive, but 
you know, on the book itself. And if you have purchased it, if you started to read it or what have you, and you're a little bit more familiar with this because this is not your first book. It is for me. Obviously, I know that you can submit reviews on Amazon and also in Goodreads, but where are all the places people can go, Scott, to do that if they feel led? Yeah. Well, you know, like this day and age, I mean, we went to a restaurant last night and what do you do? You look up reviews and Yelp and you see how they mm -hmm. do. You, you go, you're looking on movies on Netflix, what are the reviews? So uh, please, um, the best way you can spread the word and help others who are considering other other books, other resources, you know, they would look for good reviews um, or re your honest review to and make their choices. So um, certainly on Amazon, wherever you uh, purchase the book uh, through your bookstore, please, uh, that would help others as they consider, you know, buying that book and investing in it um, to see if it's worth it. So. Um, that, that you know, Amazon certainly is the best place. And then wherever you wherever you're asked <laughs> uh, to leave a review, please do so. That would be great. Yes, and thank you, thank you for those again who've purchased the book, who uh, signed up for the event, who attended the event, all of the above. We are so very, very grateful, and can't just share our gratitude and appreciation more than that. But I would love to hear more about your spiritual boot camp. Is so you call it what happened all right well we we spoke a little bit about this the other day i was you know sort of reluctant but again like this is what you know my i haven't heard is, this so when you said we spoke about that's it right. like the reason why scott is throwing curveballs <laughs> is i specifically try not to share certain things with him so that when we're in the episode it's very real and raw so he just said i have something i want to share should i and i was like i don't know do you want to <laughs> like if you do great if you yeah. don't that's fine too i have no idea what he's about to share so yeah, you know, only two people know about this <laughs> until now, uh, but and it's personal. But you know, it's again like this is this is why I'm here is to share my journey and my my life so that other people can learn from it and and glean something from that. Briefly, this was like a a three week process that happened actually maybe a week after our VIP event. I was going through a week normal whatever, and I started thinking about, you know, my, I was divorced uh, when my kids were young, um, about 25 years ago. It was a very hard time for me, you know, in a lot of different ways. So one evening, actually two evenings, um, my dreams were so intense. It was like I went, I went to the most hurtful parts of those couple years of my divorce with, you know, anger and kids, you know, involvement and kids blaming me and everybody blaming everybody. And uh, my, my dreams were very vivid. They were in color. And if anyone says that we don't dream in color, I, that's, a, that's crap because we do. <laughs> wait, wait a second. I always dream in color. Not, well, there's... There, I know. I know scientifically yeah, not everybody yeah, does. Right. But yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, these were... And not only that, not only did I see... Uh, I was like in this moment of a very painful part in color. I felt my emotion of that moment. Uh, and it was... It would skip to the uh, next one. Maybe two or three in one evening. And... Uh, on the side, on the upper left of my kind of viewpoint, there was a figure in a blue, a little bit blurry in a robe. I couldn't see their face, but it was just standing or being there, like looking at me and the, the vision. 
you know, that I was in. And so and then the next day, I was certainly bummed out. I was just, you know, very upset about the whole thing, but went through the day. And again, in the, at night, same thing, back into, you know, very cr critical and hurtful parts, very dark. And so I kind of came out of it by the end of the week. Then the, the weekend came and I had um, a holiday dinner with my family, which has you know, little to no interest in the book, podcast, me, my journey, whatever, you know, so um, that kind of kicked off, you know, another episode where I go to sleep at night, vivid, almost transported back in time to very hurtful times when I was growing up where I was never, you know, I was a sensitive child in a family of very strong personalities. I never had a chance, you know, so I would go to parts where I wanted to do something and I just got swatted down like you know, on several occasions, something very meaningful to me, bam. And the same thing, full color, felt everything. And this being was in the left kind of watching. And so I was like, you know, kind of working through that. Then the next week, I'm planning to go see my kids. And it's a five hour ride up to Newport, Rhode Island. And on the way up, I was so down and depressed. These two, you know, crappy weeks I was like, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. Just so you know, I knew something was up, but I didn't yeah. bother you. Because <laughs> my guide teacher was like, wow. do not, they were like, do not bother him. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm just leaving it alone. Yeah. But. So on the way up, the first couple hours, I'm like, that's it. You know, I'm, once I get to the hotel, I had a couple hours before I saw my kids. Uh, I'm going to email Nicole saying, sorry, I'm out. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I have a couple other spiritually kind of based projects with people. I'm going to email them. Sorry, I'm out. I'm done. I, I can't do anything anymore. I have nothing to say. That's it. And so, and I had a break going up. And then the second part of it, like the last two and a half hours, put on meditation music and was kind of jiving out to that and calming it down. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't think there are thoughts and put in my mind, but they, I started thinking about all my accomplishments that I've done, you know, my degrees and su successes here and there and things that were good and things that made me feel good. And by the time I got up to the hotel, I started, you know what, you know, I do feel better. You know, I felt better that, I, you know, there's something there, you know, positive in my life. Right. So then I go and meet with my kids uh, and they're in their 30s. We met at a bar and grill. And uh, we just had this tremendous time. And I was just amazed at how grown up they are. And we just had laughs. And they were talking about positive things in their lives. We talked about past things. And, um, and we, we ran up a very high bill. <laughs> Which, uh, and then at the end, they said, Dad, you know, you don't have to take it. Well, let's split it. You know, and I was so moved. I'm like, no, you know, no, we're not splitting it. You know, this is this is my treat. And so that night it kind of came to me that, you know, the divorce and all that stuff I had been way I'd been bringing tons of emotional baggage with me for years. But everybody came out. OK, you know, my ex-wife was remarried. You know, my kids are OK. And um, and so I had this burden that I was just able to lift and drop off my shoulders, and I felt incredibly good. And so I was following right after breakfast the, the third day. 
uh, following my son, he was going to take his dog to a field and we were going to run around with the dog a little bit. And on the way, um, going in a residential area, you know, about 30 miles an hour, I see this sign, you know, maybe two and a half feet square, bright white block letters on there. Do not give up. <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe it's one of those series of signs that you see on the road or something else. But I look back and there, there was no other sign, no political sign, no real estate sign, nothing. That was the sign. And it was bright white. And it just kind of hit me like, I guess I'm still in the game here. You know, I got some work to do. And uh, it was a, kind of a whole confirmation thing. So I'm sorry, dragged on here a little bit. But for me, it was it addressed the two most painful parts of my life and helped me resolve and grow through them and then kind of continue on, you know, for the next, you know, part of my life to do as, as many things as I can. So that's my story. <laughs> wow. Well, I didn't know you were going to quit. <laughs> I didn't know that part. Um, I knew something was going on, but I also just thought, hey, holidays, busy. Um, anytime you do this kind of stuff, whether... I mean, we just published, we worked on the book. We published the book, obviously. We had the end of the year, I say collectively, like not just you and me, but just in general, anytime somebody has a big life event or thing, then you tend to stir things up, you know? And then yeah, on top of yeah. it, you've been working on all the spiritual stuff in addition to the book. And then those things are going to bubble to the surface. And the dreams, I think, and just, what I'm getting kind of intuitively is that those are or were opportunities for you to see like and as far as being able to start to heal and move on from it and release, you know, and mm, as difficult yes, as absolutely. that is or was, you needed to do it because whether it's subconsciously or else we tend to hold on to things and not realize that we do need to transmute or heal or let go. And then that frustration or that kind of moment that you had, it was, I don't want to feel this or do this or X, Y, and Z, even though, you know, bestseller, you know what I mean? Like all mm, these yeah. things, but right, you wanted yeah. to give up, you know what I mean? And I know that the external factor and, and all of that isn't the important part, but it is a part of the journey and how we heal and grow. Yeah, I mean, those pains, you know, went across every area of my life. And so to deal with them, you know, it's like mm -hmm. going to the dentist mm -hmm. and getting a root canal. You know, you got a problem and really to address it, you got to get some, you know, severe, not severe, but, you know, in, invasive work done. And that that's what I felt. And I never had anything like that in my life. So for those of you who had, you know, similar experiences, I, I hope that helps. Or if you're in a time where you're kind of wondering why you're feeling this way, um, you know, is there a light at the end of the sun? Well, there is. And there may be a reason why you're going through a dark time is a time of healing and growth. So, so if that's the thing that I can offer through it, um, then I hope that helps. Well, beautiful story. Thank you for not sharing it with me before. So we can share with, <laughs> oh. and also for sharing for the millions of listeners across the world that are not going to hear this, no big deal. But just to be raw and vulnerable and authentic, I think is a huge part of, like you said, sharing our experiences and stories so that others can learn and grow. And it's very important that you did that. And I'm glad you didn't quit. <laughs> well, I'm back. Are you sure? Yes, yes, right, yes. Right. Don't worry. Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> 
<laughs> Otherwise, we're just not no. going to do listener episodes. So there you go. <laughs> or anything related to the book. Well, thanks again, Scott, for sharing your experience. I know that it was very helpful for many people out there and what they might be going through as well. And like you said, the resilience and not to give up and that there's these waves that happen when we go through things. And just the the story of resilience and the experience, I know it definitely helped a lot of people. So now we're going to move into the listener stories that people submitted. And this email is from Christina M. from Ohio with the subject tow truck time warp. My angel story happened in 2007. I was living in the small town of Mantua, Ohio, but I worked in Aurora. It was during the winter on a Sunday and it had just snowed quite a bit, the heavy wet kind of snow. On the weekends, the snow plows are not out super early, so the road was not plowed. I grew up in Northeast Ohio in the snow belt and I knew all the rules when driving on snowy roads. One morning, I left for work at 5.30 a.m. As I was about halfway to work, my car started to slide. I didn't hit the brakes. I did everything that I had been taught. As I was spinning and spinning, I was never afraid. Looking back, I should have been. I felt suspended is the best way I can describe it. And I shut my eyes. I finally opened my eyes when I stopped spinning. I still was not afraid. I sat for a minute and looked out the driver's window. I opened the door and got out. My car was facing the center of the road and the back was right up against a wall of snow next to an embankment. I looked up and down the road thinking maybe if I saw someone, I would wave them down to at least call a tow truck. It was the weekend and I wasn't too sure what to do other than that. I thought I would have to start walking to find the closest house when I heard a car approach. I looked and there came a tow truck. He stopped and got out and I said, would you mind helping me? Truth is, looking back, I thought we talked, but now I know it was more like thoughts. This guy was older, had a hat on and glasses. I think he even had a day's worth of beard on his face. Not one moment did I feel any fear. He got a shovel, dug around the tires, pulled his truck up, hooked up my car and pulled it out. I thanked him for his help and started driving again towards work, still not shaken. All the while, the man followed me to work. I am still not thinking too much of what happened. I thought, wow, I am so late. When I leave for work, the drive on a good day takes about 15 minutes. I got to work and when I looked at the time on the clock, it was only 6 a.m. At that moment, time caught up with me. I reviewed the whole incident and what had just happened in my mind. Now I was shaken. I knew that I had divine help. If my car had not stopped, I would have gone over the embankment into a ravine, but I was never afraid. The peace I felt was like being suspended. I do remember thinking during the spinning, I cannot go yet. I will always be grateful for this divine help. Angels come in many forms and circumstances. Sometimes others act on their behalf. So what are your first thoughts about hearing that? Well, it was the thing, a couple things. One was that her sense of peace during the whole thing was um, interesting to, to hear. You know, she wasn't afraid at all, you know, during the whole time. And then you know, certainly the time warp, you know, that probably, and then you try and put it together like, well, you know, how long did this take? Did it take? But, you know, she did get out, walk around and look around, you know, so it wasn't, it was probably more than 15 minutes delay, you know, uh, for her to get to work, um, you know, by six. So there was definitely some time shift in there in real terms. So that was kind of cool to see. 
but the biggest thing in the pres- her presence, uh, uh, and it wasn't like she prayed. It just says she felt uh, a presence about her and a peace um, during the whole time. Yeah, when I first heard this or read it rather is that the first thing I thought was, well, maybe this was a man. He showed up at the right time to a truck, got her out, mm. that sort of thing. Yeah. And as she said at the at the end, angels come in many forms and circumstances. So, you know, we're angels here on earth. We're sometimes meant to lend a helping hand or to give that you know, message of encouragement or whatever it is right at that moment that someone needs it. But the part that I was kind of looking at is the time difference, like you were saying. So if it takes her 15 minutes, I mean, granted, you know, snow, whatever, you're going to work 15 minutes, even 20 minutes. But that 30 minutes is really close to then getting a tailspin, get stuck in that embankment and then have somebody come. And, but at the same time, when you're kind of shook, maybe she left a little early, but she thought she left at the right time. Like, you know, you go, logically you go through all the things, but ultimately Mm. I don't think it really matters because at the end of the day, she was safe. Um, That feeling that you said, or she said rather too, that about the peace and then this person showing up and getting her out, it's always we're going to have our support from universe God source our spirit team in that right time and moment that we need it. And the fact that then logically things were catching up with her is also what stood out that she felt like there was something else that happened other than just a normal, I don't say normal, but you don't get into those situations every single day, but the, the rate and, and how everything kind of unfolded is interesting to me the way it stood out. Mm. And the one thing, and it, I don't know if it's nitpicky or not, but um, she said earlier that she thought she was talking with them, but it was more thoughts. So then, then I was thinking like, oh, definitely an angel, you know, in human form. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, she said, sometimes others act on their behalf. So I'm like, well, that's contradictory in my head, but, but maybe not. Maybe it's that, you know, angel in human form and it's blurry, you know, it's not one or the other, or he was so real that in her mind, you know, she kind of went back and forth about, did she hear him in her thoughts and did she see him? And is he an angel? Not? It almost doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense. But, that, yeah. but the fact that it was kind of a blurry uh, definition of who he was. Yeah. And I think in that situation, it's kind of obvious too. Right, <laughs> you, mm, you yeah. you're in an embankment, and then a tow truck comes up. You kind of do some nonverbal and nod, and can you help me? You know, you may not necessarily say it. You're still shook or whatever. But again, I go back to the feeling that she had throughout the whole thing. She was calm. That happened. It was just very synchronistic, and everything unfolded right the in the right ways in the right time as it should. And then there was that somewhat time lapse, and then everything kind of caught up with her after she was able to review it. So. To me, I'm going back to maybe this was an angel in human form, like a person, but yet doing what they needed to do in that job. And she yet knew intuitively and deep down that that was protection for her is what I got. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. You got the next one. Sure. This story was submitted by Jenea from Canada titled Hello Birdie. I've never heard a story like mine on the Psychic or Spiritual Podcast, so I thought it would be a great time to share because there must be others out there that have had a similar experience to mine. I'm going to tell you about how my second child communicated with me before she was even conceived and while I was pregnant with her. There are a few different layers to the story, which makes it so amazing. I have two daughters, 
The oldest is almost four and the youngest is 19 months old. When we were trying to conceive our first child, we purchased a pregnancy test with two tests in the box. We used one of the tests to find out that we were pregnant with our first daughter, and something told me to save the second pregnancy test for our second child. So that's what I did. Fast forward to our firstborn daughter being a year old. She was napping on my chest, and I was rocking her back and forth on a rocking chair, just enjoying her warmth and thinking about mundane things like my to-do list, etc. And then all of a sudden I heard, Hi, Mom, I'm here. It was so loud and clear, I felt like there was someone in the room with us. I looked around and immediately got the feeling that this communication was from our second child. I was shocked because we weren't even in the place where we were thinking of another child yet. As I scanned the room, I noticed sunlight shining through some holes in the curtains, and the sunlight created three dots of light on the wall. And as the curtain blew around, a fourth dot appeared on the wall. I realized then that we were absolutely going to be a family of four someday. A few weeks later, I was walking through the house and all of a sudden the date May 2022 popped in my head. I immediately thought, oh, that's when our next baby is going to be born. I didn't even hesitate. I just knew it. Shortly after that, we decided to conceive again and we were fortunate to get pregnant right away. I was really surprised we conceived so quickly for two reasons. First, we were between homes and all of our belongings were in storage, so I wasn't able to use the second pregnancy test from the box I previously mentioned. And I was so certain that we would use that test to find out about our next child. Second, the due date for this baby was February 2022, and I could have sworn our next baby was going to be born in May of 2022, so I thought it would take a few months to conceive. Nevertheless, we were excited and started making plans for our little family of four, But unfortunately, we lost that baby to a miscarriage at eight weeks. The miscarriage was incredibly devastating, but I felt like we needed to try again, bring some joy back to our lives and lift us out of that sorrow. So a couple weeks after the miscarriage, we moved into our current home. And a few weeks after that, we started trying again. We were incredibly fortunate to get pregnant again right away. And because all our belongings were out of storage, I found out I was pregnant using the second pregnancy test from the original box I mentioned earlier. Furthermore, the baby was due to be born in May of 2022. I had a healthy pregnancy, but was very anxious and stressed that I would lose this baby too. That's when the feathers started showing up everywhere, sometimes in the craziest places and ways. One day, when I was walking to my car, I was particularly anxious and a feather blew up from the street and hit me right in the face. I realized then that the feathers were a sign that everything was going to be okay and that I needed to relax. Sure enough, our second baby girl was born happy and healthy in May of 2022. She was a lovely baby and she had a cute little quirk where she would squawk when she was upset. My husband, who was not remotely spiritual, nicknamed her Scuttle after the seagull and the little mermaid. But after a few days, we realized that Scuttle wasn't the most flattering name, so we changed it to Birdie without even thinking of it. A little while ago, I was reflecting on my pregnancy and I remembered the feathers, which I had completely forgotten about. All of a sudden, everything came full circle. Our little Birdie was sending me feathers to let me know that everything was gonna be okay and that she was giving us a glimpse of who she was. It's such a fun story, and I hope it brings joy to your listeners. That's so incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
It is such a fun story. I mean, not obviously the loss that she had, but just how Mm. it all kind of came into being into existence. Specifically, I was thinking about how she was so adamant. I was I was getting a little lost about the dates, to be honest. (laughs) I'm not the best with math and timing and stuff like that. But um, that she felt so adamant about a certain time frame. And to me, it's almost kind of like just intuitively she understood that the soul that was going to come into the world, her baby, what have you, was going to be around that time frame. And so maybe it kind of messed her up a little bit as far as when that was going to come. But also, if you think about it, probably very comforting, you know, not just looking back, but through that time frame that she had this knowing essentially that this was happening. And I, I just also love not just the nickname, but the feathers and how everything kind of came full circle. And we oftentimes, I mean, I haven't had children, but I've heard that a lot when there are souls that are coming into this earth, it may not be the exact time that's needed, but they will come back for the most part in a different form later on or in another way through a family or through a different family member, even if it's not that direct family member, because we have these plans that we want to be and have these soul contracts with certain people. And so when a soul is pretty determined, they're going to make it happen. And so in my mind, it was not just the loss and, and, you know, unfortunate circumstance of the baby the first time, but like, hey, I'm determined. I'm coming in no matter what and just wanting to send you comfort and love and giving you that validation, so to speak. So what did you think? Well, I thought in the initial part, I thought about you because you said that you had a vision before you incarnated of your mom when she was mm-hmm. a little girl. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my mom, mm-hmm. right? And you, not you know, you didn't say that you communicated with her, but no, um, I don't remember doing that. I mean, I'm very, very much may have, but not that I know of. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. But still, that you know, that whole sequence of um, of being, you know, you, you know, you know, seeing yourself, seeing your mom, and then seeing yourself come down into um, you know being incarnated in, in, in your mom. And um, that's what kind of reminded me of this, where that this little baby, I forget what her name was. Birdie. The second Birdie. Oh, yeah. Um, that Birdie. Such had, a cute nickname. Uh, I know, I know. But, that, you know, she had a similar perspective and journey, you know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So, yeah, I thought that was cool. And it's, again, you, you can't explain it away with coincidence or, or, you know, I guess you could, you know, but um, it's hard to because there are so many uh, synchronicities, you know, in this Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful story that everything worked out to, you know? Yes. And yeah. so, Janae, thank you very much for sharing that. Definitely loved hearing that. Okay, this story was sent in by Marie Y. titled The Ring and the Ghost. This happened in February 2022. I had been attending an aerial yoga class. What's aerial yoga? Like aerial, like you're in the it's air? You hang upside down. Oh, that, oh yeah, that's you cool. Up, you hang. Have you tried yeah. it? No. Okay. Well, it sounds fun. <laughs> I have not tried it. I was like, how do you know about this? I, okay. saw, I saw one and I it's said, It's like no, very I'm Cirque du Soleil, it sounds like. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. I digress. Okay. I have been attending an aerial yoga class at a friend's house. She will occasionally take pics of us hanging upside down and send them to us. This particular week, I had started to feel like I no longer wanted to be married. I remember thinking at the time, why in the world am I feeling like this? Because I love my husband very much. It was so out of sync with my feelings. This was also during the time where I was learning about empaths. 
Anyway, I left the class and went home to start making dinner. I took off all my rings and laid them on a selenite dish. I made dinner, cleaned up, and went to bed. The next day, I went to pick up my rings, and there were only three rings instead of four. I panicked and checked the garbage disposal, but there was nothing there. I recapped the events of the day before and traced my steps. I checked in my car, under my bed, under the sheets and blankets, in my car, all the kitchen drawers, and nothing. I contacted my aerial yoga friend. That still just sounds funny. Aerial <laughs> yoga friend. Maybe her name's Ariel. Okay. And she didn't find anything at her house. I was puzzled, feeling sick because I had just been given that ring for our anniversary. I left the house to run errands and I remembered that awful feeling of wanting to leave my husband. And that's when I just started telling the universe that I love my husband and I can't even imagine separating from him at all. I began to give thanks for him in our lives at that time, 38 years. That is a pretty long time to be with mm. someone. <laughs> okay. Mm. Well, congratulations for that. Um, so I drove home very sad because I had no idea where my ring could be. I walked into my bedroom and on the edge of the comforter at the foot of the bed was my ring. I remember thinking, how in the world could this be? How could that happen? Because I had already taken my bed apart looking for it earlier in the day. Later, my aerial yoga friend sent us pictures. And in my picture, there's a bluish object on the side of my neck hanging over my shoulder. I wonder what shoulder it was. Okay. So, okay. Probably was her my right, her left. I had shared the pic with my friends about the ordeal with my ring where I found it. I also shared the picture of the blue thing. One of my intuitive friends sent me both pics that I had shared with them, but she had drawn on them. In both pictures, I could see a face. I was so surprised. So I asked her, why do you think you can see a face and what reason would something show up like that? She mentioned someone from the other side wanted to get my attention. Has anyone passed recently? I said my favorite uncle passed just a couple months ago before this incident. Needless to say, I was beside myself to get my ring back. The only thing is, I don't know for sure who was trying to get my attention to the point of hiding my ring and leaving evidence of their presence. I'm happy to say that I am still married and still love my husband very much. Ha ha. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. I love the podcast. I always learn from your guests. Keep up the good work. I really appreciate you and all who make it happen. So that's really cool. I think that um, what I was taking, and obviously would love to hear your thoughts, but what I was taking out of that is for whatever reason, and I'm not going to get into the why she was having those feelings, but it was kind of like, we're going to take something as simple as losing a ring that if you're already looking at maybe exiting or ending a marriage, it doesn't really matter. Like a ring's not going to matter as much, you know, it's just symbolic of everything. But then if you lose that ring and there's still some sort of emotional tie based on the commitment and everything else, that's what's going to bubble to the surface to show you like maybe you need to look at this in a different way or go about it in a different way. It's kind of like um, if you want to leave a job and then another job opportunity comes up and then you're like, yeah, I'm not really sure. And then it shows you that you're happy with your job or at least comfortable with where you are already. It just takes a different opportunity or situation or perspective to show you the difference. So there's that. I find it interesting too that there it was blue because usually when I see, um, and I know this is just for me, it's not for every single person, but when I see something blue that tends to be more angel-like or celestial um, versus someone that's light, that's bright white or just a, mm, a soft yeah, light yeah. that's um, a soul or a loved one that's crossed over, not to say it's 
every single circumstance. That's why I was saying earlier, if, if you want to share the photo with us, if you feel comfortable, you can blur, we can blur out people's faces, but please send. But I'm wondering um, where in the photo, like which shoulder was it your right or left? Because that can sometimes also tell us if it was more angelic or more of a loved one. But yeah, I find this story fascinating. I love it. And especially then she kind of came full circle back. Yeah, I, when I first, I read this like twice. The first time I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, it doesn't have a, you know, you don't know what happened here. You don't know who the person is. Uh, there was like too many open ends to the story. And then I think you sent it to me again. Like, do you have this one just to make sure I got it? Because sometimes we miss things. But um then I looked at it again, and then I became then I became fascinated. Like, okay, who who is this? And so my question would be: Was your favorite uncle in favor of the marriage, <laughs> right? And then if mm, you know, that's a good point. Then, yeah, yeah. Like, is it all him? You know. And then mm-hmm. and I may be off on this, but I kind of think it might be him. And then then that you know begs the next question: Can a person can a who has passed make someone feel differently about things like all of a sudden she said all of a sudden i feel like i didn't want to be married anymore like where did that come from and then she even said that part i don't know but it also could be where she was just shifting and changing like we're not meant to grow every step of the way with every single person you know friend lover relationship whatever that is so we're going to be at different stages in our lives, our children too, at, you know, different stages in our lives. And we're not going to be in lockstep. And 38 years is a long time. So I don't think that it was necessarily someone or something on the other side making her feel a certain way. I think that for whatever reason, and that's the question is, why was she feeling that way? Why was it bubbling up? We won't know <laughs> unless she figures that out or, you know, I somehow get some psychic hit about it. But I think the point is, is that, her loved ones, whether that's her uncle from the other side or her guides and angels are just like, don't make the, this is, an, we're going to take this as an opportunity to show you if you just lose something as simple as a ring, how are you going to feel? Let alone if you lose somebody who you've been in a relationship with for this length of time. And so that was the, the experience, you know, to give mm-hmm. her so that then she kind of came full circle and back into her, no, I am happy where I am. Yeah. And who I'm with, not where I am, but who I'm with. So then, you know, then where did the thoughts come that I'm, I'm, I don't want to be married anymore? I don't know. Uh, well, so I'm, that's for a psychologist. It's <laughs> a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> that's for Nicole? a psychologist. I'm not a psychologist um, or a yeah, psychiatrist. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but just seems she was con- usually like, well, I met somebody at the gym and then, but whatever. And then I don't, I found, I decided that, you know, I'm not happy. I don't want to be married anymore. But it's like, she had no clue and there might have been clues that she may have denied and, you know, whatever it may be. But there are things that happen subconsciously, too. It could also be, she, again, like I was saying, she was going through, we change every second of every day. We're not meant to be in lockstep with every experience or person in our lives. And so when things, when we're getting our energies expanding or we're shifting, and I mean, she could have been going through a soul growth or it could have just been. I don't know, something maybe he was thinking of, you know? And yeah. so so there could be a million reasons as to why she thought yeah. about it or how it came up. Mm. But the point is, is that there was something miraculous that happened to shift her back to, you are where you need to be and you're happy. Mm. Mm. This is what yeah. I'm getting out of the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all we know right now. Yeah, and if she <laughs> finds out, then <laughs> please reach back out. 
All right, so this story is a voicemail from Angie W. with the subject, A Book, A Funeral, and a Fire Alarm. Hi, Nicole. It's Angie. You know I'm your number one fan. I love your podcast. It has helped me so much through my spiritual awakening and also love and adore working with you one-on-one. So excited that I found a story to share with you. My son, who was 13 at the time, passed away many years ago. And shortly after he passed away, I was taking a bath. I was the only one home. And I just had my two dogs at home with me. When I heard this thud on the bathroom door, it scared me to death. But after a couple of minutes, no one came in to kill me. So I figured no one was in the house. It was probably just my dogs. So I finished my bath. And when I opened the door, my son's favorite book on insects was a National Geographic book that he loved, was laying on the floor outside of the bathroom door. Now, it had been on his dresser in his bedroom up high where there's no way my dogs could have gotten it. So I know somehow he got that book and uh, put it at at the door so that I would know he was still there. Now, fast forward many years, I really had shut down any possibility of connection because the grief was so heavy and so hard for me. And I honestly didn't feel him around me, but I started going through a spiritual awakening and started opening myself up to the possibility that he might still be around. And I had been thinking about listening to the recording of his funeral. I had never done that. It was had been 10 years since he passed away when this happened. And I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. And one morning I woke up and I was thinking about it and I was supposed to be working. I work from home and I sat down to work and my Wi-Fi was out. It would not come on. I rebooted the router. I couldn't get my Wi-Fi to work. And then I had some electrical problems in my house and finally there was nothing left to do, nothing that I could do, but just listen to the funeral. And so I put my headphones in and I listened to the funeral and I was surprised at how healing it was for me and all the stories um, of his friends uh, about him. And I actually loved listening to it. I felt closer to him and I felt the love of all of his friends and our family And as soon as I was done listening to that recording, the Wi-Fi came on, my power came back on, uh, and I was able to to work. Again, I know that was him (laughs) forcing my hand, making me listen, listen, and pointing out that he, again, he was still around. And last story, uh, one night, my husband and I went to bed, and my husband was out cold. Actually, we both were when our fire alarm went off. It woke, startled me awake, and I wake up my husband. Before my husband wakes up, the fire alarm stops. And I tell him the fire alarm was going off. And he's like, I didn't hear it. The fire alarm was not going off. I'm like, I'm not crazy. (laughs) 
the fire alarm was going off. So he goes back to bed. I go back to bed. And I don't know, a few minutes later, the fire alarm goes off again. I wake up and the fire alarm is in our bedroom. I wake up. I wake up my husband. Like the fire alarm just went off again. Again, he didn't hear it. He thinks I'm crazy. But he gets up and is like, okay, I'll go get batteries. So he trudges downstairs to get batteries. He comes back in our room with the ladder, climbs up to change the batteries, and realizes the smoke alarm is actually hardwired into our ceiling. It doesn't run on batteries. At that point, I started laughing because I could just envision my son, you know, chuckling at how much (laughs) he had annoyed us and making us get in and out of bed and making my husband get up a ladder to change the batteries when there were no batteries. And then we went to sleep and the fire alarm never went off again. Thank you so much. Again, love your show. Love your book. Love you. Bye. Wow, wow, wow. So cool. I mean, our loved ones are going to find a way to get our attention, you know, find that time and time again on the other side. And they were all in different ways, you know, and it's also really annoying, by the way, just side note, when a smoke alarm (laughs) goes off, especially when you're trying to sleep. But then also, I I think the fact that her and her husband and Angie, by the way, love working with you too. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and getting the book. But just that her and her husband were able to find the humor in it too. And then see this was, you know, for, from her son to get their attention for whatever reason. Just be like, hi, I'm here. They are going, it's not always easy, especially if they're learning on the other side how to get our attention and come through in these ways, but they're going to get our attention no matter what. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, when I look at, the, you know, the, the physical aspects of it, the book, you know, okay, all right, can spirits move physical things around, you know, and you, you hear examples of it, but not all the time. I think most times it's not, you know, you usually see something, hear something, but have a book being through, you know, where was the book before that? You know, was it in another room down the hall, you know, but, you know. Yeah, she book, said it was in a different, well, I mean, maybe I'm projecting here but what i'm seeing mm. is like a different room and down the hall yeah. so that to so, me is yeah crazy traveled a ways yeah. <laughs> traveled yeah it wasn't then, just falling from the bookshelf mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then the um you know her thoughts about looking at the funeral uh tape you know you know like that could have been like she was thinking about him and you know you know not like he made her think that, you know, I think that could be like just that he was made himself known, you know, through the book. And then certainly the electrical stuff, you know, it was always incredible. <laughs> like Wi-Fi didn't work. It was like, you know, focused on, uh, you know, she had, she, the only thing she could do was listen to the, or watch the video of his funeral and then revisit it and grow, you know, from that and, and have maybe some more an additional closure as well. And then the fire alarms, you know, I hate that. And um, that's another thing I'm going to use for you, by the way. You know, I'm a few years ahead of you, so I'll probably transition. And, um, you know, I think the fire alarm, you know, to just tick you off in the middle of the night would be great. If you stick with me the whole time with the (laughs) podcast and stuff, you can do that. But if you decide to quit and leave, you're not allowed to do that. Because then I will haunt you. I will find a way to haunt your loved ones. (laughs) 
But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. moving on. Yes, moving on. Uh, but no, thank you, Angie. This, these are all beautiful. So sorry, so sorry for your son and mm-hmm. the loss and everything that you obviously are going through. Grief is never easy. It's it's death. I, I know I'm staying in the office, but it's permanent. And that we can't change. But the fact that, again, your son is finding ways to connect and you're at least looking at the humor, but also the love from the other side and how these things are showing up and how he's getting messages to you is such a beautiful thing. So now this me- this voicemail message is from Medea C or Medea C with the subject, A Grandfather's Book. Hi, Nicole. Really enjoy your podcast. In fact, it inspired me to try and make a connection with my grandfather a couple months ago. I was in the house just uh, doing some chores and tidying up and I was wrestling in my mind with some questions about a family member. Because I'd been listening to your podcast and others, I was starting to feel open to the idea that I could actually contact spirits or loved ones who had passed. For a little bit of context, my grandfather and I were not especially close, and he passed away in 2013, so he has been passed on for some time now. But I always liked my grandfather. We just didn't spend a ton of time together um, as we lived in different cities and even different states as I grew up. So I decided I would try to ask him a question to clarify this issue I was trying to resolve in my head about a family member. I paused in my tidying up and just took a minute to get some stillness and asked my grandfather um, a question. And I said, if the answer is yes, I would like to see your name somewhere. And if the answer is no, then please show me my grandmother's name somewhere. My grandfather's name was Howard and my grandmother's name was Mary Jane. And uh, I figured those names were, I mean, they're not super uncommon, but they're uncommon enough in this day and age that I figured it would be pretty clear if I came across those names. And in the moment when I asked him that, I'll just say that it felt like the air shifted. I don't know how else to describe it other than something felt different, but I'm pretty skeptical. So I just kind of made a mental note of it and then went about cleaning up and tidying up and trying to clear space. And as I was doing that, I got this idea to go through books to see if I had any books that maybe I could sell, textbooks, um, that might be worth uh, selling rather than donating. So I'm going through books in the bookshelf, and then I think, oh, I have some books upstairs. So I go up to I go upstairs to actually my son's bedroom where I have a very small collection of books, um, mostly like textbooks and old um, music books, chant books, that sort of thing. And I see a book there that has nothing on the spine. Um, no, uh, no indication of what kind of book it is, no title. So I pull it out and I open it up and the very first thing I see on the page is a little certificate that says this book belongs to Howard Lloyd 
Kavanaugh. So not just my grandfather's name, but his full name, first, middle, and last. And I just, it was so clear. I couldn't have expected that message to be any clearer. I did not think it would come across being that clear. Later that night when I told my husband about the experience, he is more skeptical than I am. And he just was like, he just stopped and said, wow, that is, that is a sign. Like that is, like that's not just his name, that is his book. Like, <laughs> and um, that's real. And so um, everyone I've told this story to, they say that they get chills when I tell it. So I thought I would share. Um, I have not been able to have contact with my grandfather since. I've tried asking questions to get a little bit more clarity than um, on some various things and haven't had that contact again, but that's definitely an experience that just stands in my mind that uh, it was just so, so validating that we can reach out to our family, even if we weren't especially close to them, even if they've been deceased for a while. And um, they're there and they can answer us. And I felt that that was really powerful and really, just really special. Thank you again. You first, Scott. Thoughts? Yeah, well, that, you know, uh, this is a slightly off topic, but I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, or a friend for decades. And um, he said he was talking with a, his sister was working with an energy healer. And she said, uh, you know, it was helping her. And then uh, he said, well, I think it's a bunch of hooey because, you know, there's no scientific validation of how it works and this and that. And, uh, you know, I only believe in things that are scientifically founded, you know. And I said, but you, you're a good Catholic, right? And he said, yes, absolutely. I said, so you believe in the virgin birth, resurrection, and forgiveness of sins without any scientific validation? And he goes, well, what is written in ancient script in scriptures? I said, well, that, yeah, but that's not scientifically validated. And then, it, then the, the conversation ends because he, you know, he didn't, there's no answer to that. Um, but anyway, it, it just kind of reminded me in a case like this that he would say like, well, you know, it's just coincidence. Yeah. And, you know, how how just can happen. we believe in miracles and things of that magnitude with no scientific evidence? And yet we downplay the simple things that can happen that right. are yes. a connection. That's the part where, yeah. oh, we can yeah. believe somebody walked on water or, and, and this is no judgment. It's just there's, how do you make such a leap to, from that right. to that, but then something as simple as somebody may show me their name in a book is not that mm. big of a leap. <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful, yeah. you know. So that connection was just, uh, you know, uncanny. It's synchronicitous, you know, if that um, she, you know, found it and it was a good reminder. And then the other thing came into mind was like, she said, I haven't been in contact with him again. But, you know, that whole time thing, <laughs> you know, when you cross over, you know, time is weird. Mm -hmm. And so maybe in mm -hmm. a moment he can reach out to her again, but it might be three years from now, you know. Yeah. Um, I also don't know, like, um, you know, you hear sometimes from people that when, whether they're an actual medium and they say, well, don't come to me if you have, if you've lost somebody within a year because of variety of reasons, you know, or some people don't care if they're medium and you go to them right away when, when you've lost a loved one. So that never really was clear to me mm -hmm. about why, 
But mm. I do know, at least in my heart and from my experience, that some souls cross over pretty quickly. And depending on where they are on the other side, they can kind of pop in and out pretty frequently. Um, others, it takes them a while to cross over. Others, when they go over, it takes a while for them to get in touch with us. I mean, there's just there's a variety of reasons for it. But I was hearing when she was saying, I haven't been able to connect with him, that her grandfather said that that was a re- like one, he was able to get that message to her for a variety of reasons because things lined up. But then two, that he, that's not his primary way of getting her messages. It's like she may be looking for signs mm, exactly right. the way she asked him. And we need to mm. be open to the fact that, you know, I, I've shared this example before on the podcast. My mom's mother, my maternal grandmother who passed over, I said, hey, you can scare me. You can show up as a full body apparition and be like, boo, love for you to scare me. And I've never seen her ghost. I've never seen her in any way, shape or form from that materialist, not materialistic, but that that um, manifestation. But it's been other ways that she's shown up, whether it's me feeling her presence energetically, um, just a message in my mind telepathically that says, you, you should do X, Y, and Z. And it's her her soul, her personality, all those things through a cardinal. There's she. It's not always the same each time. So mm, we yeah. sometimes make the mistake of, okay, well, my loved one showed up this way. So now it's going to be this way every single time. And that's not always the case. So anyway, for... Um, Madia, I would say that just be thinking about and be paying attention to maybe it's other ways than how you may be asking your grandfather for that connection. And I think it might surprise you. And once you're open to that, it's going to be easier for him to, or anyone else who's out there experiencing kind of the same, the same thing of why can't I make that connection? But yeah, to your point about the timing, um, he may be off on the other side doing other things. It's just harder for him to jump back in and here and now. Maybe he reincarnated too. Mm, right. So that's another option. So our final voicemail message that I picked this um, because it kind of closes out, you know, the episode in January where uh, you <laughs> shared about your loss with Maya. And um, this person had a similar uh, experience. And, um, you know, it kind of points out that, you know, life wouldn't be life, you know, without some hardship and pain, which kind of ties into my, my initial story and <laughs> some of these along the way that, um, you know, there are times of pain and grief, um, but there are times of hope and light and love. And th- those times will win out. Um, we just have to keep that in mind as we go through things. But this is um, a message from Hannah with the subject of thank you for sharing. Hey, Nicole, this is Hannah. I just wanted to say thank you for talking about your your dog that just passed. I'm very sorry that your dog passed. Um, I just, I appreciate you talking about it and the experiences you've had because I've got a pet that's uh, been chronic, chronically ill and I'm probably gonna have to say goodbye to him soon. And even though I know that he'll be okay and I've had visitations from uh, previous pets that have passed, it's still very difficult to say goodbye. And I appreciate you sharing your feelings and your experiences. It gives me a lot of comfort. Um, 
anyways, I loved your Looking for Angels book. It was great. And uh, thank you for your podcast and your book. Have a good day. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's why Scott and I and others like yourself, Hannah, and every single person, not just in this episode, but other episodes, we appreciate you sharing your stories and your experiences because somewhere around the world and sometime somebody's either going through it or will be going through it and it just makes it that much more relatable and, and allows us to heal together as a community. But also sorry that you're going through that. For me, uh, what I'm starting to realize, and I guess this is kind of an obvious thing as people get older, but I never realized the, I think it's, I can't recall the exact terminology, but that pre-grief stage, it's like you're an alternate grief. It's like you're in this alternate grief state. Like you haven't lost someone officially or whether it's a, a human or a pet or maybe a job or a relationship, but you know, it's coming. And so you're pre-grieving, you're grieving before that actual event or thing happens. And that's also real too. And it's almost kind of like as a society, we gloss over it and we just wait until there's the actual event or the thing that happens. And anyway, even when you were sharing Scott, which I know is completely different, but it's still a grief experience. There were situations in your past in this lifetime that there were that you needed to heal and grow from. And so there was that, there's this. So just being kind to ourselves and recognizing that when we're going through something, however we think it's small or not, not to discount it because it's still a big, massive thing, especially when it's the loss of a loved one or it's going to happen and we know it's going to happen. And not to really, I won't call it a mistake, but not to not give ourselves again that grace and that ease when we're going through it or other people too. So that's what I took out of it. And I just want to say thanks to Hannah and everyone else as well for at least letting me cry it out a little bit <laughs> earlier mm -hmm. on this year. Anything else you want to share, Scott? Um, well, yeah, the thing that came to mind is if those of you who you know know someone who is going through the process, um, the first thing you know you want to do is try and help and figure it out and talk them through it and help them you know come through it but many times that's not the answer you know many times it's just your physical presence in their lives you don't have to say anything you don't have to solve anything you just send them a little note saying i'm thinking of you um you know whatever it may be you know that that's how we can help others go through these times um we don't always have to go in and fix and rearrange and fix their life to get them all happy again. You know, sometimes you just be there for them. Yes. And to also know that our loved ones are still there for us, even when they cross over, whether it's the mm. rainbow bridge and our pets or our human loves that go to the other side. All right. Well, thank you to everyone for listening and submitting stories. If you're interested in sharing, you can do so at a psychicstory.com forward slash story dash submission. Email contact at a psychicstory.com. That's two S's in the middle. Leave a voicemail at 1-800-880-1881. If you get cut off at the 10 minute limit, you just can call back and pick up where you left off. If you're outside the US and prefer audio, but can't use the 1-800 number, 
feel free to record on your phone and email it in. I will say I'm starting to lean more and more towards these audio voicemails. So if you send one of those in, then Scott and I will probably prioritize those, not because we don't want all the other stories. I recognize sometimes leaving a voicemail or audio is harder, especially when you cry and you can't get through it. But just really wanting more audio, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. And as always, when you're sharing it with us, you're automatically giving a Psychic Story podcast permission to share with its listeners. Okay, and to finish up this episode, please, as a reminder, where you can, when you can, leave an honest review. Uh, it will help us, but not only um, help us, it'll help others as they're deciding, you know, to whether they think it's uh, a book you know, worth getting. And uh, we appreciate that. So other than that, until next time, take care, and uh, we'll see you soon. Happy listening, happy reading. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at apsychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win. 